0: M.
1: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Meet the Shoe. I'm Nina. And I am
0: Sade. Today we will be
1: discussing mental illness in prison. The effects of what it does to your mind. Uh, if it starts before prison mm-hmm. or if it starts after, during or after prison. What do you yeah. think?
0: It's probably most likely a combination of all of it. A lot of people don't go through a mental breakdown until... Something traumatic happened in their life, okay that's very traumatic fires going to prison mm-hmm. that can't be traumatic. so um you go do you some think, things do in you, prison do you
1: think that you've ever suffered mental illness? Do you think you have a mental illness like as far as I think the time you've done, the times that you've spent there um, no
0: I wouldn't say I don't know, maybe, but I kind <laughs> Are of you afraid like to say it? no, I wouldn't be afraid to okay. say it, but I did kind of go through a lot in prison mm-hmm. mentally Okay. um far as being in there um you just kind of mm-hmm. it's, it's certain things that go on in your mind and you be like just replaying stuff and replaying and just your mind just going crazy and you just keep on reflecting back right to what happened mm-hmm. and that kind of could put a, some kind of mental strain on you to a certain degree and then i had smaller kids you know and on top of that I was pregnant and lost a baby. So I was going through a postpartum thing as well. So
1: Okay. So in
0: your mind at the time that you feel like um,
1: mental illness took effect because of the things that were going on at that time, mm-hmm. what kind of thoughts do you remember having?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, did it? take you to a dark place or did it take you to a place where it was a lot of guilt or was it like a depression? You just sat there. You a, lot, a lot of
0: depression. About it? it was depression at okay. first. Okay. Um, And guilt. And what guilt? from? And what? just feeling bad for my kids because I wasn't with the children, my okay. children. Okay. So it's like they were the victims. Okay. And I was at a point that saying, you know, I don't have any victims in my crime. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, people came to me and wanted the product. You know what I'm saying? That was my mentality. I'm so like, you were, I don't you have were. any victims. Who is my victim? You know right. what I'm saying? I don't need to go to treatment for what? You right. know what I'm saying? So it was like, uh, and then I thought about, I do have victims, my family, right. my kids. Um,
1: and then that always takes, uh, the uh community. people that, people that are in the mind state of mental, breakdown as far as selling or using drugs Mm -hmm. usually there's a major reason behind it that you make a lot of excuses oh yeah right Uh
0: so Uh then that
1: becomes mental because you're constantly thinking about that all the time because you got to use that as a reason to justify what you've been doing right right so Mm -hmm. you say oh, I got, on, I got to get out on this block and right. get this money because I got to take care of me and my kids. Well, mm-hmm. no, girl, you know you, you should do go get you two jobs. Okay, do something You'll else. be just fine, right? right? But we don't or think about that. we can choose, not us per se, mm-hmm. we can choose better people that we mate with. So then that way when we have kids... Then the strain isn't just on you, right? Right. If, mm-hmm. if it, I'm, I'm speaking on just me being a single mother, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And single mothers that at the time that you ch- choose your mate, you're like, oh, you're picking the perfect person. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. And then you end up you having a baby, and then everything flips. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Everything flips. So then you go into doing things that you don't have no business doing. Mm -hmm. So that's a mental state. That's a mental illness. Yeah, it is. Women that get out and sell drugs, they're doing what usually emulating what the men do, right? Mm -hmm. You want the lifestyle, the fast, you want that money. Mm -hmm. And you think at the time that, oh, I'm okay. You know, you're doing it to be okay without having to worry about bills mm-hmm. without having to worry about um anybody coming to shut anything off or put right. You out right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's still a mental it is. illness it is. because it's not right you're destroying yourself first of all mm-hmm. because you're implementing a drug or even scammers you're you're doing something that you don't have no business doing mm-hmm to gain right right yes so yes you're, getting, yes. The, you're yes. getting the gain ill gotten right mm-hmm. so that's a form of mental illness it is i mean nah it, <laughs> you, you know it is that in the court of law, right but it really technically it is it is an issue
0: it is an issue because a lot of people say oh why does this person keep on going back and forth to jail they like, um, they, they like it. They like it. They, they must got a boyfriend or girl. No, it's not that. It's the it's the fact of a person thinking, oh, I can make this fast money, and it, I'm just going to make it till I can. Not thinking behind, I can go back to prison. You're thinking for that day, that moment, that and you want to make and, some money. And
1: you're actually thinking that you can outsmart it yeah. better than you did it the last time, right? Exactly. So it's mental because you're telling yourself that, Oh, I'm not going to get caught, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You keep on rethinking it, keep on redoing it, but you don't have the patience to just sit back and wait, right? Right. To just chill and do the work and everything will come to you easy. You notice how when you do something that just has a smooth plate, right? Mm -hmm. And you get into it and you get in the groove of it, you don't even sometimes have to go looking for for. The success to come to you, it just comes. It just comes because you're Mm -hmm. constantly keeping at it, Mm -hmm. and you're not focusing on. Well, I could get here fast. I could cut this corner and get here faster. Mm -mm. No, I'm gonna go along this road and down this time and take my time until I get there.
0: Right, and you appreciate it more when you the slow money working. Slow money
1: is for sure money. Yes,
0: you work it for it, so you appreciate it more, and you kind of be more frugal with. What you're doing, your money and what you're spending it on and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that is a mental illness, honey, because they couldn't tell me nothing until I went to treatment. And I'm like, yep, you sure right. right. I, I'm addicted to money. I'm uh-huh. addicted to shopping.
1: Right.
0: I'm addicted to the glamorous life. Right. That's what it was. Okay. Simply.
1: And so what made you be so addicted to it like what's your first time you mm. thinking like mental wise, you know what i gotta have it i gotta do it i gotta get it why didn't you why wasn't you that girl that was a hard worker and went out like i and am now. those two jobs yeah
0: no you, because i was okay growing up
1: your older self than your younger growing self.
0: up seeing my uncle okay so it was influence it was influence seeing so people in my neighborhood staying, in the back you're of my constantly
1: head constantly seeing it so you mm-hmm. i'm 10 years it.
0: old uh-huh. they giving us money to go shopping a okay. thousand dollars or five hundred at a time my dad okay. giving us two thousand dollars here take this and go shopping okay i'm like we don't we 10 to 11 years old right you know, you know what i'm saying and so just at go shopping time,
1: what are you buying
0: oh uh, what la gear back okay. then right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um what else gas okay just stuff like that and he had boosters by us all kind of clothes and okay. you know what i'm saying and seeing him with mercedes-benz and jaguars and i'm okay. like dang my uncle balling he got money you right. know what i'm saying right. so that's what i saw mm-hmm. and i said you know what how can i get there how i'm gonna do this right 12 years old i started doing it myself okay selling drugs okay.
1: so when you went to prison and all those thoughts of you know, when you was a little girl and teenager, having kids and then going to prison. Do you think, did you ever think of using mental illness as a should weapon use, to
0: get out of trauma? No, no, and you know that you should be able to. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Lord why, forgive me. Why, why, because why it is a that? mental, I mean, just like you said, we said earlier, money, issues, anything that you have to Uh, commit a crime to get money for is a mental illness because you keep on doing repeating the same thing over Mm -hmm. and over. That's a mental. Imagine
1: the times that you've (laughs) gotten ill gotten things and you didn't get caught. We never even think to add that up. Right. Right. But that, that, that is something that you should always think about. I
0: think. So when was your first time you thought you started your mental illness broke through? (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Okay, so when I was younger, um, I grew up in a house that I seen a lot of uh, a lot of adult things going. Mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. Um, I would hang there and be there, you know, when my mom had to go to work, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't see anything that was like detrimental to me as far as this. Um, I used to be. I'm gonna ex- give an explanation. Mm-hmm. I was asked to be the spade cutter, right? You see the adults at the table, mm-hmm. they asked me come over and deal the cards. Right. I come and deal the cards. I lay the the uh cut the deck for. Them. Mm-hmm. I stand back. Um oh Nina, go get me a beer out the refrigerator. They give you a dollar to do it. all that. Mm-hmm. Every single yes. time. Yes. The adults were at the table, mm-hmm. a long table and they would say, go get the beer, mm-hmm. uh, go upstairs and get that bag. Well, one time I, someone told me to go upstairs. They had um like left their coat, hang their coats upstairs or whatever. Right. They say, bring your, uh, go upstairs and get my coat. I go upstairs and get the coat and I bring the coat down. <laughs> uh-huh. And it was to um a friend that was hanging out where I was at. Mm-hmm. And he, when I, when I take the coat off the hook, a bag fell out. It was a Crown Royal bag, uh-huh. right? It was uh-huh. purple and gold. So he, well, naturally, as a, as a as a kid, you're going to be nosy. Right, exactly. There. So when I look in there, <laughs> it's rolls of weed Ooh. in a bag. And it's like maybe 20 of them could fit in the, but they were rolled up, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it rolled up like a joint, but it was in, uh, long um plastic bags, and so they were stuck together. So at that time, I didn't know. What, I knew what I was seeing. I was like, "Ooh, this is weed," you know, like and laugh to myself, right? Put hurried up and put it back in. How old were you? Took at it, um, I was <laughs> under ten, but wow. I knew what it was. What it was, right? right? Because you could smell it, you know, mm-hmm. weed. You can't never get past that. that, right. that, that smell sticks. Mm-hmm. So then. I took him um, his coat and I just always replayed that in my mind. You know, me being slick. I never said what I saw. I didn't tell the nobody else, mm-hmm. you know, in my family what I saw. So then another time when it's like, oh, Nina, can you come down here and um, come cut the deck? Come, come get you $5. Come cut the deck, right? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't like I hung at the table while there was a lot of, you know, smoking right. and drinking around. But I, you know, visited often throughout the day whenever they decide to do it so then it's like come down um you know bring us some get us something to drink out the refrigerator Mm -hmm. or bring something from upstairs right okay another time i remember going down um this was like maybe when i was like 12 though Mm -hmm. right um i was told to bring down a bowl and in the bowl (laughs) in the bowl it was like crack, but in a bag, mm-hmm. and they were in little bitty Ziploc bags. Right? Oh, wow. Okay. And so I didn't know what that was. I didn't care. You know, it looked like rocks to me, which it right. was, <laughs> but I didn't know ex- nothing about what it was. Right. So I took it down, but that's just a memory that I had, mm-hmm. Um, you know, just being in the house,
0: being around, being the
1: runner, really, mm-hmm. of cutting the car deck getting the beers out the refrigerator Mm -hmm. or bringing down, um, you know, anything that someone asked me a coat, like Mm -hmm. I said, a bowl. Mm -hmm. And then another time I had remember, um, I was coming in from school. Right. And as I was coming in from school, I could see, um, someone doing transaction. I didn't actually know what Mm -hmm. the transactions were. Right. But because that was kind of hidden from me, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know exactly what it was, but then when, when I got... Maybe within that year, or a little bit older, and mm-hmm. I started getting out in the street and then the crack epidemic had came through, and I mm-hmm. started trying to get me some money because of those are just steps of things mentally mm-hmm. of what you see as a child that makes you think like, okay, you see drugs, you see money, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying so and it connects, that, that's so. how it connected, mm-hmm. and that's how it started right and yeah. then I went into my own things and you know um hanging out with different dudes and you know so this, this yeah and. that's
0: when you know it's a problem when an adolescent you know a child sees things that you're not supposed to see
1: yeah you think and that they don't see but they always what they see. always
0: see like that type of action so that that's what make us older than what we're supposed to be you know right. when when you're a child so we have to be careful with um what our children see right and what anyone's children see so that's that you guys you know it's it's very important because kids suck in everything like a sponge
1: well yeah and they also watch their parents even when their parents think that they're not watching mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they hear when their parents think that they're going and whispering downstairs in the basement mm-hmm. upstairs in the room in the closet talking. oh kids are nosy kids are very nosy oh, i remember nosy, being nosy my mom watching. in the
0: room i'm looking through the little peephole. like
1: yeah
0: <laughs> what's going on here i see something you know yeah, what i'm saying exactly. so it's 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 like they're nosy Nosy is all I get back
1: and, so. and 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 on here it says that um how does prison affect your brain? And it's a gateway to emotional withdrawal, depression, mm-hmm. suicidal tendencies, mm-hmm. as well as increased levels of hostility. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the exposure um, to violence in prison and jails can um, exacerbate existing mental health
0: and health disorders. And I believe right? that. Yeah. I believe so, that. So let's listen to this. You have all these nonviolent Crimes going into prison, right, the same prison the as you have a violent offenders, you know right. what I'm saying it's people right. that don't care they'll they'll murder somebody, throw somebody off the tear or whatever right. or fight whatever, mm-hmm. and you're just this person that I just came in and sold drugs, I'm doing seven right. years, my first <laughs> time, eight years, you, you know what I'm saying nobody, ain't right. killed nobody, right. but you're seeing all this, right. so that makes you kind of hardened yes so Um, hard and going through yeah come out yeah i mean it's it's terrible so why we have to the system has to find a way to sit here and put non-violent criminals in their own little island away from the violent ones do you
1: think that um mental wise right that there is a book or there is a, a person that can prevent you from being mental ill as far as when, if you didn't go in there with a mental illness and then you come out with one and you're not even knowing how to identify with it, right? Right. You're not even identifying yeah, that you have a mental illness. Yeah, but di- your family would identify. Your family know is the change. like, when I first got home, Hmm my kids would tell me like, I'm mean, I'm mean, I'm mean, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I thought because I'm giving them money and because, hey, I'm back now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, grandma, I've been doing this job. Mm-hmm. She's been doing this job this, <laughs> the, the, this whole eight years. So you can't just come walk in and shaking your finger in their face, right? right? Mm-hmm. You got to build that trust up, yes. right? And so building that, you're upset because you're like, you think you're that person. <laughs> that's where the time warp comes in. Yes, like you get yes. checked. You think you're that person of who you was before you left your mommy, 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 mm-hmm. right? You're the star, you're the moon, the stars, the sun, you're everything, mm-hmm. right? But when you get back, it's like, oh, wow, that's my mom. I'm glad she's back. And then they touch your face, they touch your body, they wanna be around you. But the moment that you try to teach them a lesson, mm-hmm. They, they go run back to grandma, yeah. auntie, cousin, whoever was holding them, b- supporting them, mm-hmm. being there for them while they were, mm-hmm. while you were gone, right? Right. And so, pulling away from that, and not, and and accepting, and um, that your kids don't want to respect you, right? And they're not paying attention. You think that they should grow with you, right? they should understand. Right. Right. But they're not realizing that their mom or their, and their Mm -hmm. dad, when their mom and their dad get out, there's their mental is not together. Right. Right. And that you should be a little bit kinder and softer in supporting them to make them be better. So you can listen to each other. Right. And once you're listening to each other and you got the communication, then everything works. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, um, People that have mental illnesses are not heard. Right. I'm just speaking from my Mm -hmm. perspective as far as dealing with that. Right. Right. I don't, I've never been diagnosed with a mental illness. Right. 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 And I don't believe that I have a mental illness, but I can say that when I got home, people not understanding my struggle of when I was gone. Right. That will make, that will make you upset.
0: T- yes. you want to hurt somebody, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So
1: then you have a mental illness because you want to hurt somebody. Cause they ain't feeling and rocking with what you're saying. Right. Yep. They're not, they're not understanding that. Okay. You're saying, "Oh, just get a job. Right. Oh, just um, calm down. <laughs> oh, you're too loud. Oh, quit tripping. You're always tripping. Right. Well, dang? You know yeah. what's up? Like, yeah. you can't handle what I just went through. No, just a lot support of people can't me Mm-mm. on what I just went through. Mm-mm. So." I went all the way in. Yeah. So it's just a a lot of short term, long term, right?
0: (laughs) Short term, long term (laughs) mental illnesses It happens with everyone. Yeah. Even through pregnancy, it's really worse. You know, you're going through something postpartum, all types of. So
1: postpartum and mental illness is is a double dose of bad, right? Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That's an explosion right there. Yeah. Because you're not only emotional off of, um, you know the fact that your mate ain't acting right mm-hmm. um your other kids may not be acting right, right. your other kids may be the one only one supporting you and then you acting out towards them because yeah. of your mate not acting right mm-hmm. right or your mama your daddy whoever is not doing what you need them to do mm-hmm. so being pregnant and having trauma
0: that's a major explosion right so when you um as we reflect, we're talking about pregnancy and stuff like that in uh-huh. prison or right before you go to prison, right, so everybody knows we go through something uh-huh chemical imbalance, hormones off, whatever right um, we go into the story, you know a lot of women have been going to prison uh-huh. for killing their children or right. a baby or so, uh-huh, so we go uh go into the story, Nicole be croft okay she was 17 years old okay and the whole time hiding her pregnancy okay she'd go to school every day she was a senior Uh at um tartan high school tartan high Mm -hmm, school mm -hmm. wow so um 17 years old Mm -hmm. going through the changes by herself alone pretty much you know her mom didn't even know she was pregnant really how much did she gain she was already a nice chunkier young lady Uh uh-huh and um she, she was sentenced
1: to 14 years
0: she got this she had life okay at the time okay she was sentenced to life because the judge one thing she did was kind of wrong she she really didn't know anything about the law she's 17 years old she's going through trial okay. she's going through all these emotions anyway she don't know what's up a lot of us don't know what's up with the court system right so she waived her um Uh, jury trial to do a judge trial okay and she's going through trial and stuff and she just they get they they convicted her of first degree premeditated based on saying that she had the baby Mm -hmm. and she could have dropped the baby off at the hospital or something like that okay but instead she stabbed the baby wow Yes, so she had...
1: Where did she, she have the baby? She at? had
0: the baby in her uh, basement, in the laundry room, concrete floor, by herself. Okay. Gave birth, mm-hmm. and she explained that she laid down with the baby for about 10 minutes. Okay. And... Just got really scared. 135 times? 135 times she, she oh, wow. stabbed a baby. Mm-hmm. So um, court records shows that the baby had stab wounds to the neck, the abdomen, and the chest area. Okay. And um, before she um, she went, I, and I think she even went to school even after having the baby. Okay. She pulled the, the
1: baby in a trash can In a trash can outside
0: of her house. Wow. And she... Only one person knew she was pregnant, a friend of hers. And Mm -hmm. our friend told that she gave birth to the baby and it's in the garbage somewhere. So she was at work and the police came to talk to her about the baby and, I mean, did she have a baby and so forth? And she told them, yeah, the baby was still born. Okay. The baby was already dead when she had the baby. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what, that was her story. That was her story. Okay. So as they did the autopsy, you know, the police went and raided looked at the house searched the house and found the baby
1: okay. in the garbage
0: can okay. and signs of blood and stuff like that and um they saw that the baby was alive but she stabbed it and that's how the baby died okay.
1: <laughs> so did she did she come from a two-parent family home or just i'm not sure or... i think it
0: was just the mother okay. wasn't at home okay. um they never talked about a father but they did talk about in the court documents that her she had um The guy, the father of the child, Uh and his mother was at court, and they gave uh, testimony, but they never read the letters out loud. They just gave a testimony to the judge, and that's when the judge just gave her the ultimate life in prison without parole.
1: So I take it that the the, the baby's father was upset, and the parents on the other side were upset that she— Possibly. possibly possibly. because he read their letters and then he gave her the the judge read
0: the letters and then gave him yeah so she uh went up for uh post-conviction which Mm -hmm. that was denied and she um supreme court and then i guess uh, appellate supreme court and Mm i i'm assuming she got some of that time back okay so right now she's out she got out of prison last went to work released december last year 2020 okay so I'm, so sh- been I'm sure home she's home yeah she's home okay. and I hope that she's doing well I mean things happen you know yeah. um
1: so she's done what year was that
0: it was 2007 and uh, she, she's done about 17 mm. 14 years 14, 14 years. years total okay 14 so, years um and the How thing is think
1: that, what, what do you think about the sentence as far as um her you know killing her baby and uh her getting life and not the time you know we no judgment of right no judgment at all someone get but ever. she but suffered what? from
0: some kind of depression i okay. call it neonaticide uh, syndrome theory it's okay. a psychotic um breakdown when you give birth to a baby okay so
1: she and wasn't taking any medication no,
0: prior to the pregnancy. Okay. no she wasn't right. so she hey she's out and i guess i don't know if she's doing well or anything i haven't done any research further than that because okay. it was just uh i'm just finding out she's out so right but, okay uh-huh. Did you, was you in there when she was yes in? knowing her i had talked to her she? seemed like she was a very sweet young girl okay. um kind of naive okay. you could tell right. um yeah 17. she was very scared she grew up in prison yeah she pretty much grew up in prison right. but the whole thing is she really didn't i think she was there six months she wasn't there long and someone framed her i oh, think and God. said that she was trying to escape
1: mm.
0: so and then they, they sent her, her to another prison because oh. shakapi prison did not have um walls or you know no security around just bushes around the facility so you could just walk off the ground if you want to you know so they sent her to another prison.
1: So Cara J says that's mental illness mm-hmm. as well as parents instilling fear in a child to dictate uh Their behavior instead of educating and having open dialogue and communication with the child. Well, yeah,
0: okay, yeah, because I I I just don't understand how why would she even hide it? You know, it's it was something had to been going on. You know, because I know I was pregnant at sixteen years old. Right, I kind of hid it for four months, but I knew. Look, I knew I couldn't hide it too long because I was going to get big. Oh, wow. my mother kept on saying why are you is, is you and your sister sleeping so much my sister was getting all the symptoms <laughs> and i'm just laying there looking at her and then i'll fall asleep but wow. she thought it was lola and it was me all the time right. so i finally told her i was like four or five months okay. four months mm-hmm. and hey that's it my, that's my it mom, and all
1: i told my mom um i actually i was hanging on the other side of town <laughs> my mom was on one side of the town and I was hanging a whole lot. um, On the north side? uh, On the north side. uh. She was on the south side. I was on the north side. And then when I actually was like right before I got pregnant, Uh um, when I, well, when I got pregnant, she was on the side of town that I was on. Mm -hmm. Then she went back on another side, the south side. Mm -hmm. And... Then um, when I was pregnant, I didn't get a chance to see her because she was like, you know, kind of sort of in between, you Mm -hmm. know, purchasing a house and stuff. So in between that move, um, one time I went to go see her and she was telling me, hey, this is what we're going to move to and this and that. And I was like, I'm pregnant. (laughs) What a way to say that. Right. right? And she was like, what? And I was like, "Yeah, I'm pregnant." She was like, "Oh, Danina, you know, like
0: really." She like, didn't. She wasn't mean or anything like that. No, like, not at all. Yeah, my mom wasn't she, either. She
1: just asked me real questions. She 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 was like, "What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. What are your plans?" Like she was hardcore mm-hmm. on me. Like you gotta finish mm-hmm. high mm-hmm. school. Oh yeah, you gotta go to college. And, um, she was like not saying anything to like hurt me you know what i'm saying like she was really really supportive good, yeah. good she good, wasn't good. she wasn't like you know get rid of it or anything like that okay. she just was like hey you got to get you some money right you got to figure out what kind of career you gonna get girl and so you raise you this baby be, you gotta you got a baby so mm-hmm. no more partying mm-hmm. no more um clothes and stuff and at that time i was buying my own clothes and things anyway I right was, I was hustling, <laughs> so I had me some money. You know what I'm saying, and I wasn't. She, she wasn't really like stressed out about that part, but she was worried about, you know, where you gonna live at. Mm-hmm. You can't live in no bad neighborhood, and you know, you gotta, um, you gonna have to make a lot of money because you gotta figure out how you gonna take care of your child. So, oh wow,
0: well, so what's going on with Kamala Harris?
1: Oh, okay. So today I seen um, that a guy named. George Howard, I believe, Mm -hmm. Um, she supported him um, at getting out of prison.
0: And what was he in prison at first for?
1: Um, He had a, a, he was trying to post bail, right? And she was supporting him, um, I guess, on trying to, uh, you know, him getting out of jail, right? Right. And then now he's charged with murder. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, so. So he committed another crime after she supported him, or was yeah. that within the Yeah, gym?
1: well, I don't know if he actually committed the crime after she supported him, mm-hmm. but I know that now he, I don't, I don't know if it was he did the crime prior to her supporting him, mm-hmm. or if it was when, you know, just now.
0: So, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, wow. um, he's
1: being charged with murder. So. Yeah, we'll see how that turns out.
0: Well, I would like to say a big RIP to, uh, Michael K. Williams. Right. You know, he, um, OD'd so, off okay. Heron. Mm, they, and they thinking fitnar was in it. Right. Like, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that they're, they're looking for the drug dealer that sold him the drugs. Right.
1: So the last, the conversation last person conversation he had, that, whoever, yeah. whoever
0: on that phone, that's who they're going to go and, um. Watch or go talk to right but it's, it's it's a sad thing for New York you know he was a big um
1: he was real inspired yes so i levels. mean I watched him on um viceland channel right uh-huh and um he used to do uh like different go visit different people in the dark world in the underground world now that that's scary Mm -hmm. like he had a heart of yeah the man heart of steel because he would go like overseas he would go like he did um uh an episode one time on um the carjacking trade oh wow right and he went really underground, you know? They wouldn't allow their faces to be right. shown the, yeah. on TV. Their their voices were, you know, blurted out, but they was getting their story across, mm-hmm. right? And um, he was going through, like, the drug trade yeah. and different things. So, yeah, I remember I seen him more on Viceland than okay. I've seen him on anything. He mm-hmm. was on, what, The Wire?
0: The Wire, Omar. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So he's, was that his start, right?
0: I th- I'm assuming, but he was a dancer first. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. He
1: was really. I, yeah. I mean, and he looked really good for his age. Yeah, he Before, did. He looked really. Yes, he good. did. I wouldn't have never thought that he was taking any uh, kind of pills or doing anything. Right. You would He wouldn't. looked real healthy, mm-hmm. and his spirits were always up. He always encouraged people. Yes, he, he did. Was very. Supportive I, the supportive thing i've
0: i've well. loved about him was he was for juveniles helping the juveniles being incarcerated stopping mass incarceration
1: right in prison okay
0: prisoners starting with the kids you know what i'm right. saying so okay. well he's gonna be missed and rest definitely. in peace Definitely,
1: yeah he, he he put his feet body of work his feet prints all across this world so mm-hmm. definitely definitely left lots of positive Things yes. In the world for us to look at, I'm pretty sure, um, his people will put out more content, more creations mm-hmm. that you know are in the archives. Yes. Of his you know legacy.
0: Yes. Uh, so guys, thank you for tuning in. But before we leave, we're gonna um have a guest speaker next week, Kathy yeah. Sublet, mm-hmm. and she has a story to tell you. She has a great program now. Mm-hmm. She uh has a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and she helps. Women, men, everyone with their credit, um, uh, expungements. Okay. So this is something you will want to hear and get some good information because expungements and how to get a pardon. Right. So she's very resourceful. Okay. So we would love for you guys to hit us up on that one. Next, next Wednesday at 6 p.m.
1: And we're also asking you to please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram. Yes. And if you have any topics that you would like for us to discuss or anyone that you would like for us to interview, send us an email at meettheshoe 2019 at gmailcom or and we take DMs yes. and inboxes as well.
0: And support our clothing line, Bossed Up Beauty, hey. Afterwear and Waist Trainers. Yes, it would be down, the link would be down below for you guys to tap in and look at some of the stuff we have, activewear, waist trainers, waistbands, whatever. Thank you guys and have a great evening. I'm in the right direction. I'm into the ocean. Traveling in some motion the question